Welcome to episode 22 of the Cinesnob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Kiko Martinez. Hey guys, you forgot to wear your Halloween costumes today. Ah, uh, son of a bitch. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not really into Halloween. I am, but I'm completely over having to get dressed up for it or like going to Halloween parties. I just enjoy the atmosphere of it. Would, like I eat the candy. Would you all do movie-related costumes? Like, like, oh yeah, definitely. Like, would you be the slutty karate kid? Pico? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's the. I think when I do dress up for Halloween, that's the only thing that I do do is um, slutty Halloween. <laughs> yeah, no Halloween based. Like one time, I went to Austin and I I dressed up like real, um, like in a costume no one would know, and they didn't. It was a uh, Owen Wilson's character in um, what's the um. What's that movie, the Wes Anderson movie that... Which one? He's been in a we're, few. We're there on a train. Oh, Darjeeling. Darjeeling Limited. But isn't yeah. that... Oh, what, is that where he had the the bandage on his face? Yeah, so I dressed up like that character. Nobody knew who I was. I, I and like... everybody thought that I was like in some kind of accident. <laughs> they just... People kept well, coming it, up. Yeah. it's normal clothes. It's Well, yeah. But then, but then a bandage on your bandage, face. Uh, there's black eyes. So I looked like I was in an accident, really. And so people... All night came up to me. Oh my god, what happened? What, are you okay? And like, I would make up stories. I would be like, "Yeah, I was in a motorcycle accident." What What was it in Darjeeling Limited? I don't even remember. Why was he all beat up? I can't remember. I've only seen the movie a handful of times. I just thought it was really random. Uh, I saw a guy yesterday. Um, I went to a comic fest event here locally at Heroes and Fantasies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was dressed up, and I, it was a costume I tried to put together before, dressed up as Marty McFly from the first Back to the Future movie, which yeah. is just normal clothes. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm a guy that wears normal clothes. <laughs> uh, but the last costume I had, and I, uh, I've i worn it a few times, like the last couple years, it's a, a Pac-Man m- arcade machine. I built one out of foam core. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it's like the joystick. The joystick is in an inopportune <laughs> place, but, but it's just what it is. Is like I just throw it on over what I'm whatever I'm wearing, so it's like a big Pac-Man. Box. You should put the joystick in a place and just like and just ask people if they want to put in a quarter and they can. Yeah, I put the quarter <laughs> coin slot in the back of it. That'd be great. <laughs> Why in the back? <laughs> because it's funny. If the joystick's already in a wrong, bad place to begin with, is a quarter too cheap? You think? For for, for you? Pac-Man, ah, for you, <laughs> for Pac-Man, I mean, uh, is it? I don't a classic know. game. What about you, Cody? Do you still do the Halloween thing? I haven't. I haven't dressed up since I was probably like twelve years old. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but you have a little sister, so doesn't she? Don't you take her trick or treating or something? No, actually, I'm I'm like not Halloween. Uh, I'm not a Halloween person at all because usually what happens is I get annoyed when the doorbell rings over and over, <laughs> and and then I. Uh, and then I steal my sister's candy. <laughs> why don't you just turn? Why don't you just turn the lights off? Well, because someone's downstairs usually handing out candy. Oh, okay. So your family does hand out candy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, and then I'm upstairs because usually, like, <laughs> usually the Spurs are on on Halloween, and mm-hmm. so I'm like trying to watch the game with the doorbell going off, and I'm. <laughs> Just annoyed. You're like those ding dongs. <laughs> I'm the Scrooge of Halloween, I guess. I love to I love to eat the candy. Like I I can't buy the candy that I like because I'll eat it. Oh, you know, okay. the, to pass out. Yeah. 
So, like, sorry that you're getting shitty candy, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'll eat the other ones. Yeah, so you're giving all... them, like, generic... Yeah. Uh... Here's all the shitty Mary Janes and those weird peanut butter ones in, like, yeah, wax paper. And, like, Werther's Original. Just... <laughs> <laughs> like, those are actually I... all right. Those are pretty good. <laughs> Werther's Originals? Oh. Yeah, um, but they're for people who are... They're for people who don't have their own older. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> they won't stick to dental work, I think, is the big, the big appeal with them. Well, after all that, I mean, after saying that I don't really dress up, I am dressing up this year because work is allowing us to dress up. So I think everybody's like, don't be a party pooper. Oh, so you're going to do some obscure indie comedy? No, no, I'm just... I, I was trying to think of something that's just so um, easy. I didn't have to... You know, I don't want to go up, go in as like you know the Mad Hatter and have to work with work on my costume. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that uh, stupid dance Johnny Depp did in the the Tim in the Tim, Tim Burton one? Yeah. No. What do you think of like costumes that are like wordplay that aren't you know they're not you're not dressing up as someone but you your your costume is like a joke. Um. Oh right, right. Um. They're all right. I mean, they're usually like, oh, huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, enough of this. Let's go and move on to news. It's time for the Real Rundown, recapping this week in movie news. First up, uh, Warner Brothers and DC are actively seeking what would be the second female director for a comic book movie in this modern era of comic book films for Wonder Woman. That would also be the first female Led superhero film. Who was the first woman director? Uh, I don't remember her name, but she directed Punisher Warzone. Oh, it was Lexi Alexander. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She okay. Yeah, you're right because she had done a movie that I had liked previously. So, so which uh, one? She did a movie, and again, I haven't seen this movie in years, but I used to really like it. It was called Green Street Hooligans. Oh, it had Elijah Wood and yeah, Charlie that. Hunnam. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so yeah, they're actively seeking a female director. <clears throat> Excuse me. I can't talk. <laughs> Jared has lost his voice. <laughs> That's what happens when you start playing with that Ouija board. Wow. I told you. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they're actively seeking a female director for Wonder Woman, which is coming in. Do you know when that is? 2016? 2017. 2017. So uh, I don't know. Does this speak to a need that needs to be filled or is this a token hire, do you think? Well, I think I think they just want it, want it to have a female perspective, and I don't think that you necessarily need to have a female directing it to have a female perspective. I think I think that someone like, I mean, this would never happen, but but you know, someone like Joss Whedon, who is known for for having excellent female characters and having you know that voice, could could easily handle. Well, he it. wrote a Wonder Woman script years ago that got thrown out. Yeah, which now they're probably like, ah, fuck. Now I, I can yeah I can see I can see where they're coming from but I also think that as long as they have someone who knows how to write for female characters that it wouldn't be write for female characters that's what you're worried about not write for superhero movies well I mean it's gonna be kind of weird to, I mean I understand why they're doing it I mean Wonder Woman's such a empowering but anyone you know, can write for a superhero movie though can they I don't know. Uh, we, if Adam McKay can do it, I think anyone can. Do he it. hasn't. Has he proven? He hasn't proven that yet. No, but I mean, that's that, that seems to be doing it well and doing it at all seems to be. Well, the the important thing is is here the story is about a female director, which we almost had for Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, with Patty Jenkins, uh, who directed Monster. The the point, I guess, is does that matter? Uh, you you talk about writing as a you know from a female perspective, but the director. 
you know, the, there's talk about uh, uh, <clears throat> Michelle McLaren, I think is her name, uh, who's a Game of Thrones director. That's who I. That's who I would pick if I had a choice because she's done Game of Thrones and she did a lot of Breaking Bad. Yeah, and she always too. did the episodes of Breaking Bad that were really violent. <laughs> like if you remember the uh, the. I, 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 we're so far removed from break. Everyone's seen it. There's, <laughs> okay. There's a there's an episode with uh with Dean Norris where he gets in a parking lot where he's the shootout the shootout the the cripples him with the cousins. Yeah, that was Michelle McLaren. Okay. And so she's you know anything something really bad happens in Breaking Bad, <laughs> Michelle McLaren directed. It's either Michelle McLaren or Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. So you wouldn't go for for a. Um... A film director that's already established that's well, a woman? Well, she's she's never done a feature film. Yeah, that's what so, I'm saying. Well, so, no, I mean, I think that this is that would be the smart choice. That would be a... I think that they've pretty much proven that uh, is how they do the... Well, at least with Marvel, that's how they do these films uh, going forward from their initial launch. They pick someone who hasn't really... Uh, you know, who hasn't been a feature director, hasn't had huge success. You know, they, they picked... Um, well, I don't know. Would would you call uh, uh, John Favreau a, a woman? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a big time director. He did what two, three films before. Uh, he did Made and uh, Zathura, and he wrote Swingers. Yeah. yeah, I think they. I I think they take swings on people like that, and especially the Russo brothers who had never done a film. I don't think right at that point they only uh, done TV. They did uh, You Mean Dupree. Oh well, that or count. was it You Mean Dupree or Drillbit Taylor? I can't remember one of those two. No, I think it was You Mean Dupree. I think. Something with Owen Wilson. Yeah. Something where Kiko would dress up. Yeah. As... <laughs> so I, I don't even think that the director needs to have done any action movies at all. But, you know, I, I just don't know who who would be down for this because, I mean, like someone like Catherine Bigelow would, wouldn't do this at this stage of her career. And um... You don't want to see a Sofia Coppola superhero <laughs> movie where they're all wearing Chuck Taylors? It's all moody and backlit. And, and just and, and Wonder Woman turns into just like a person you don't want to spend time around. She's just all like, angry. It's all atonal emo music. Like, oh fuck. What about um? What about Nicole? Uh, oh, I like Nicole Hall of Center, but she's a little too um, indie. I heard Mary Heron. How, what about Mary Heron? She did American Psycho. I I mean I don't know that that uh, is really female centered, is it? I mean, what, but it's female are we looking, are we looking be... for the the idea? I guess I don't know. It, it it seems like all the. I mean, what's um, Catherine Hardwick is another name I've heard tossed around. Mm-hmm. Who did uh, oh, thirteen well, she, right. in the shitty Twilight movie? But I don't blame her for Twilight because how could you turn that down? You know right. I, mean? uh, I don't know. I don't know that it matters personally. I think it's I'm sounds... looking at female directors. <laughs> what if Penny Marshall did it? <laughs> Penny Marshall hasn't done anything in a while. Uh, I like Penny Marshall's a good director when she was directing. What was her last film that she directed? I don't know. God, was <laughs> it uh, A League of Their Own? Has it been that long? I don't know. That's crazy to think that it's been that long because A League of Their Own is a great movie. We uh, we're running a costume contest at work uh-huh. on a totally different note and one of the submissions is a little like three-year-old girl in the uh the rockford peaches uniform oh really? <laughs> it's an amazing costume it's like this little girl has no idea what she's wearing but anyway yeah she, I, she directed an episode of M- M- mulaney who what penny marshall for real oh yeah and then she's, um, she's in the show she, oh she is yeah uh, she did some portlandia or oh, one episode of portlandia sorry uh, i'm trying to look for the last movie Oh, she did a movie called Blonde Ambition. 
Hmm. With uh-huh. um, was that Jessica Simpson? Jessica Simpson. Oh God. I, I I think I think the point though here is that if it, I'm not sure that it it matters completely because I think that there are plenty of male directors who have made female centric films that have worked. Though I think that if they're shooting for this and they're and it's really important to them that there are some good choices out there that they can make. Um, DC is trying to fill a vacuum here that Marvel has kind of uh, blatantly. I don't know if they if it would be ignored, but uh, they haven't. There's no plans in the works for any female centric no. Marvel universe character, even though Scarlett Johansson's played Black Widow three times, right? And she's and had a, pretty major roles, yeah, and is a huge movie star in herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marvel doesn't have any plans for her to be featured in a solo movie, which people seem to be clamoring for in a way that I don't know really suits that character. Well, and I think you know something that something that you've brought up many times on this podcast, Jared, is that the normal comic book fan is not going to pay attention to the director. Yeah. So this this choice, you know, if it's made, who is it? Is I mean, is it just? I, I just don't, I just don't understand. Like it's n- total, nobody's really going to care. I it's don't. It's total public relations. I think at this point for yeah. D, for for DC and Warner Brothers because they're playing from behind. Whether or not you, whether or not that's actually true, the perception is that they're playing from behind. And if they can seem more progressive than Marvel on something, you know, that they can be seen as taking a step that Marvel hasn't taken yet, then they'll do whatever they can to take it, I think. I think right. so. I think it's a good, I think that's a good point. Oh, just to let you know, I was completely wrong on everything that I just told you about Penny Marshall. <laughs> I was looking up her actress uh, credits. The last thing that she... Oh, okay. <laughs> that's everything that she was in as an actress. The last thing she directed was Riding in Cars with Boys. Oh, um, oh. Which Even was in 2001, which I liked. Uh, I love that movie. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a great film. Anyway... I was like, but she directed some direct-to-video Jessica Simpson garbage. It's <laughs> yeah, like, man, that's really sad. Writing yeah. Cards of the Boys was the last thing. I definitely would like to see Michelle McLaren move on to movies, though. I mean, she directed 11 episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah, and I mean, Game of Thrones is... You know, that you know that's already given uh, the comic book world Alan uh, Taylor. Alan Taylor, yeah. And she's, she's done Walking Dead episodes. Uh, she did an episode of the of the Leftovers. And she even did X-Files. So is she on the sh- uh, quote unquote shortlist right now? That people would've... are talking about. Or, I mean, are people talking about her? I think that she's being rumored. I don't know if there's any found, uh, like. I think she's on that list because she's a high profile female director in high pro- doing high profile work on TV that hasn't made the leap to yeah. to film yet. Okay. I'd like to see uh, more people come out of Game of Thrones and uh, especially like the HBO stable of directors like Timothy Van Patten. Uh, has done tons of Sopranos, uh, Boardwalk Empire, which is ending tonight. Well, I by think the way. that I think that you know we're this is you know another subject, but TV is is kind of in this place where it's so cinematic right now. Yeah, and that you know make it seeing. I think we're going to see more people make that leap because you know uh, you know TV is is. I mean, just look at what True Detective did. And it, and it put stuff like cinematography. People were actually talking about it, mm-hmm. you know. And when was the last time you heard someone, you know, in a in you know, or like an, even an article written about the cinematography of a movie? Well, and then you mean of a TV show? Yeah, yeah. And then <clears throat> I'm losing my voice again. Go ahead. Well, 
The Big Bang Theory has some great cinematography. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. <laughs> well, God, I mean, you look at something like Game of Thrones, and that thing is – there's more special effects shots in that – in an episode of that than there are in some films. Yeah. Uh, which is an incredible feat. And it's a lot of that world-building special effects. It's not even like the dragons or, you know, whatever uh, – Yeah. Uh, zombie walkers or whatever they call them. In Game of Thrones? <laughs> I, you're, I'm near the White Walkers, but yeah, it's cool. Sorry, White Walkers. Excuse me. I called them zombies. <laughs> it's what they fucking are. <laughs> but, Get that zombie shit nobody, out of here. That's for the Walking Dead. But even Walking Dead doesn't say fucking zombies. Don't. I, I haven't. I don't watch. I watched, they don't. Men, they don't refer to them as. Don't zombies? they call them walkers? They call them walkers. Oh. It's one of those things where, like, don't say the Z word. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like they live in a world that never had the fiction of zombies. No. Oh. Of course, Game of Thrones isn't. I don't think they have any fiction about zombies or Draculas. <laughs> they don't say they don't say zombies in Shaun of the Dead, do they? They they comment about the Z word. I think is what they say. Oh, but I, I think they do at some point, right? I, mm, I don't remember. I, can't remember. I don't think so. Maybe. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to the next uh, related topic: the Avengers Two trailer. Was supposed to debut, speaking of TV, during Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., <clears throat> a show I stopped watching because it sucked. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anybody still is watching. I heard it got better, but I don't care anymore. Uh, it's, it's totally non-cinematic. Totally a huge disappointment as far as I'm concerned. Were you? Did you ever watch it, Cody? I watched the pilot, and I thought it was okay, and then I just stopped. I didn't care. I didn't care enough to keep watching. Anyway, the trailer was supposed to debut during, uh, I think... Next week's episode? Mm-hmm. With this uh, upcoming week, yeah. Upcoming week of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the trailer leaked like the day after they made that announcement. Yeah. Uh, and it was in not great quality. Not great quality. And then Marvel went ahead and leaked it on their own. After a great Twitter message yes. that just said, damn it, Hydra. <laughs> they went ahead and posted it on their own. Oh, that was the excuse? Yeah. I, and I mean, I think this this seems like it was a real leak. Yeah. Other than those fake leaks. Because it was uh, it was one of those situations where it was a really shitty copy of the trailer, and they kept getting taken down, taken down, taken down. And yeah. then Marvel just went ahead and put the real thing up. Yeah. So uh, did you watch it? I watched it, yeah. I haven't seen it. I didn't realize you, that it was up. What would you think, Cody? I thought it was really good. Um, Should I watch it right now while you're talking about it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it a teaser? or a, It's a full-length full, trailer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's... It's. I think the things that stick out or that stuck out to me are that it looks very dark. Yeah. And especially compared to, you know, the first Avengers, which, you know, it was it was serious, but it had a very light and comedic tone to it. I don't know if we're going to see that in this one. This looks straight up dark. There's a lot of um, plays heavily on uh, the Pinocchio theme, mm-hmm. uh, the song "I Got No Strings." Like James Spader's Ultron quotes it. Mm-hmm. While uh, like this really slow down tempo version of it plays in the background, yeah, I thought that it was really well done. I think it looks like it has you know some really big set pieces, and um, you know there's there's some iconic stuff. There's like Iron Man in the Hulkbuster mm-hmm. uh, suit, and then there's uh, you know I one thing I did find funny though was um, was that Hawkeye like they show everyone in these weird giant cities and stuff and then you just see Hawkeye like with a bow and arrow in the snow for some reason. Well, you, you do see Mark Ruffalo in the snow yeah. too. So as, uh, that as must fan. be an exile thing. Who so knows? which one is Ultron? Is he the one with the crazy he's metal? Yeah. He's a robot. Okay, I see him now. A robot. 
He's made of Iron Man parts. I'm, I'm watching the trailer as we're talking right now. So. <laughs> You're watching without sound? Well, I'm, yeah. Well, you... <laughs> You're missing like James Spader's creepy philosophical talking. Well, I'll, I'll get that later. Right now I'm just looking at the action and the way that it looks. <laughs> kind of looks pretty On cool. your phone in portrait mode. Yeah. Well, you know what? For some reason, my um, it won't turn. You got it locked. How do, how do, what, how do I get it out? Let okay. me show you. Look, you I'm going to take over up, the show. You swipe up here uh-huh. and see that little lock button. What? Here's This is iPhone lessons for Kiko. Unlock that. I love how this is going to turn it. segue <laughs> into our next story. Too. <laughs> awesome. There you go. You learned something about your iPhone right now. That is really cool. Jared is a Apple genius. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I really don't like what's his name in, as Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. I don't like him as a, what you just don't like Jeremy Renner at all. You I don't just like, don't the like his face. <laughs> Something about his face. That's pretty. Uh... What is that? What, what was that that I just saw right now? I don't know. We can't, <laughs> we see, can't it. see it. What the hell? It was like a fat Iron Man. That's it's a Hulkbuster. Hulk, Hulkbuster armor. Oh, that's that's <laughs> how he fights the... Iron Man. <laughs> I just want. I just. <laughs> we need to do a segment where we just watch Kiko watches like trailers. <laughs> With no sound of <laughs> okay. superhero movies, and he just like, what's that? <laughs> Why is Iron Man so fat? <laughs> what's Batman doing with that man? <laughs> okay, that was a cool trailer. I'll watch it with sound later, but um, I did like Fat Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Hulk. It's Hulkbuster armor, Iron Man. Did they pr- did they explain that in the? Well, I trailer? don't know. Oh, they don't explain it in the trailer. Well, I but... thought because I wasn't listening to it. No. I wasn't. I it's just a known thing. Oh, okay. It's a, it's so a, Hulk a, is in an Iron Man costume. No. no. What? It's the it's the armor. <laughs> it's, it's the only armor that can contain the Hulk. It's the armor that that Tony Stark uses to to fight the Hulk. Because the Hulk is a fucking monster of yeah. power. Uh huh. So, so who's in that suit? Iron Man. Yeah. Tony Stark. Oh. He's wow, that sucks. I thought it was the Hulk wearing an Iron Man suit. <laughs> no, you, like didn't, Tony you, didn't watch, you didn't watch the whole thing because they end up fighting in it. Oh, I thought I did. Um, <laughs> that would have been cool, though, if Tony Stark had built the Hulk and Iron Man costume to get in. Like, hey, help me out. I got, I but you. why would he need an Iron Man costume? He's the Hulk. Well, I mean, I don't know. Just to look badass. I wonder if that thing can fly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I just like I like the way it looked. Or if it tried to fly and it just went like <laughs> up and down and it just crashed. <laughs> it sputtered out. <laughs> <laughs> or it needs like a like a, a little helicopter propeller to fly <laughs> on the top of its head. <laughs> this is too funny. I would like to see a spin-off just called Fat Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> have you speaking of weird Iron Man stuff? Did you ever see where uh, some crazy internet like wizard went and replaced? Uh, it was both Bridget Jones' Diary and uh, uh, Dirty Dancing is the one I love. He re- in Dirty Dancing, the final scene where Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey are dancing, he replaced Jennifer Grey with Iron Man. <laughs> 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 and it's the whole scene where he she jumps. Oh, you've really? Seen, yeah. You've seen Dirty Dancing, yeah. right? She jumps and he catches her, but it, he fucking replaced it with Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes no sense. That's awesome. You need to watch that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Avengers 2 trailer. <laughs> I think we've talked. I think we can't 
spin any more gold out of this than we no, know. Right, I don't think so. Kiko watching it. <laughs> I think anytime we don't have some, something Kiko hasn't seen, he has to watch it while we're talking about it <laughs> with no sound. And no context. <laughs> and on the tiniest possible screen. <laughs> so that's uh, next summer. <laughs> Which hopefully during Avengers, uh, we'll see a full trailer for Star Wars Episode Seven. Uh, that would make sense. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah, that would be about the right and time. I can't wait for Kiko to watch that trailer. <laughs> Why is Juan Solo so old? Juan Solo. Juan Solo. Oh, Juan Solo. <laughs> Who's that man? Why does he have a sword? I don't know why I made him an old Jewish grandmother. There. I think if he watched the Interstellar trailer, he would still be as confused as everyone else as to what's going on. I want to know what that thing is that's walking. Have you seen that? Yeah. That mm-hmm. little black... Minecraft looking Not too much legs. longer until we find out. Anyway. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our last story. Uh, Christian Bale will be playing Steve Jobs, uh, pioneer of the iPhone, which Kiko just figured out. <laughs> uh, for director uh, uh, Danny Boyle, mm-hmm. screenwriter uh, Aaron Sorkin, upcoming film. Uh, is it does it have a title yet? Well, it was it was supposed to be titled Jobs, but the Ashton Kutcher one took that, so they might retitle. Have it. you seen that one? No, I've only seen clips. <clears throat> I hear clips. I hear he's good in it, but I hear the movie sucks. I don't know. He looks like him. Yeah, that's I think really that's all, the only reason. That's really all it takes, I guess. <clears throat> so, what's the details, Cody? Uh, the details. I don't know if I don't think we've ever talked about it, but this is going to be a very uh, it's a very Sorkin-esque idea if you've heard of it, but um, this is not really going to be about Steve Jobs's life. Um, it's basically <laughs> it's it's basically going to be like uh, three long segments, all taking place backstage of Apple's product launches. So one will be the backstage for the um, for the I guess the original iMac or the Mac, it says, and one for the next, and then one for the iPod. The next? Yeah. Wow. So it's, That's a deep cut. Yeah, so... That's when he wasn't at Apple, by the way. Oh, okay. That's the company he went to after Apple that then Apple bought, and that's what brought him back to Apple. Oh, okay. I, I don't know my job's history. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so it's going to be, like, three really long scenes. It's, you know, if you know Aaron Sorkin, you know that this is the kind of shit that he would pull. Uh <laughs> Is it going to have? Uh, have you seen the supercut of Aaron Sorkin stuff where he just like all the repeated Don Quixote st- stuff? Uh, he references Don Quixote in everything he's but ever done. There's a supercut out there that somebody did with like all of his stuff and like characters tell the same stories. Yes, like word for word. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to happen here. I probably. I here's the thing about Aaron Sorkin. He is. I think he is the most frustrating writer that there is out there because he can do things that are like absolutely brilliant and like so frustratingly condescending (laughs) in the same, in the same project. I've never seen the newsroom, but I hear that it's terrible like that. You know, I work in a newsroom and there are people that love it. Yeah. But then there are people that are like, what the fuck? Well, the newsroom, I mean, first of all, it's revisionist history where it's like, and, Mm -hmm. and again, this changed, I think somewhere along the line, but it was like a news station that got everything right while pointing at, everyone who did yeah. everything wrong yeah and then so like the newsroom will be so frustrating to where i'm like okay i'm done and then they'll do like the last 15 minutes of the episode are brilliant mm-hmm. and it's perfect sorkin so I, I don't know i mean i'm not that excited about this movie i think i don't like that idea i don't like the construction of it 
Um, well, it is that it w- was the public face of Steve Jobs was these product launches, right? But this this just feels gimmicky to me. Uh, everything that he's done, um, film wise, has been brilliant. I mean, A Few Good Men, American President was great. Um, he wrote he wrote Moneyball, Moneyball, Social Network, and that's it. I think Moneyball is is of what I've seen one of the least pretentious things he's done. But he's there's there's this wave of pretentiousness that goes with Aaron Sorkin that you just cannot avoid mm-hmm. for the most part. No, I agree. So, uh, you know, I, I again, I don't like the idea of three really long scenes. Like if we're having three forty-five minute scenes or whatever, for example, at so wait, backstage. these are these are that's how it's going to be constructed. I thought I was under the impression that was a framing device. Like, no, every like he'd progress through his life. No, every it's going to be one scene at one product launch and then two others just like it. So Weird. that it's just backstage at the product launches. So it's not really like I said, it's not really following his life unless they bring things into it. And really, it's not even the end of his life. It's just like you know they have to bring in things into it, though. I would assume if the latest one is the iPod, then that was. I mean, the iPod was back in the early two like thousands, right? Two thousand one, I think. Uh, I, unless, I mean, remember when? Well, I mean, this is because of Danny Boyle. But when one hundred twenty seven hours came, everybody's like, he's going to be stuck in the hole the whole time. And but I mean, they were managed to do some flashback stuff, and I don't know. I just I, it's hard to think that it's just going to be. Backstage. I mean, for... that sounds like a play. You know what I mean? Right, right. That sounds like a like a stage construction. I mean, everything that I have heard says that it's going to be exclusively back there. But I, <laughs> You're like, can I get you water, Mister Jobs? <laughs> I remember when I was a kid and I drank water. <laughs> I don't know what that voice is supposed to be. But... <laughs> Sounded like Steve Jobs, I that, think. Yeah, a little bit. So the this is uh, unrelated to. Uh, anything that's come before it right like jobs jobs was just a biopic standard right this is yeah i mean i know it's unrelated to anything but it's unlike anything that's come before it so it's not going to deal with uh the wozniak stuff uh, right <clears throat> unless wozniak's back there backstage <laughs> like, like, like eating, getting, eating the just snack get, bar just, or whatever just progressively getting fatter <laughs> <laughs> what was the movie do you remember with um uh Anthony Michael Hall, The Pirates of Silicon Valley. Do you remember? It was a TV movie with Anthony Michael Hall and uh, <clears throat> uh, the guy that was on ER, uh, not Clooney. Anthony the, Edwards? No, the other heartthrobby guy, Noah Wiley. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, that was before Apple's resurrection. And that was when, because uh, I think Anthony Michael Hall played Bill Gates. What were we watching recently where. A Mac was made fun of, and and we were watching something that was old where they made fun of Mac products. Mm. It was someone going into a store and asking for a Mac, and they treated him like an old guy. What was it? Do you, you was it this? What, did we watch an old? It was movie the Simpsons. Together? No, it was the Simpsons, Simpsons episode. episode. Oh yeah, it was the uh, the Homer Palooza episode. Yes, that's exactly what yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Homer Homer went into a store looking for a Mac, right? Uh. I don't remember the circumstances. Yeah, I think it was in a record store. Who's like Mac and, or uh, Macintosh? <laughs> or no, Apple Compute. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I know I know it's a Simpsons joke. Yeah. But I mean context, I mean that was 1997. Right. <clears throat> I mean I remember even the the Daily Show. <clears throat> Did you ever read America the book? Uh I've read parts of it. I haven't read the whole thing. There's a like a timeline of technology and it shows the the iPod. Mhm. 
and it says was able for uh, <laughs> it's it's its significance is it helps Apple stave off bankruptcy bankruptcy for five more years. So, you know, and obviously that's yeah come to pass. It's not, you know, you're looking at the news on a Mac right now. and Except you don't have an iPhone like me and Kiko do. No, I'm not conformist, man. <laughs> what do you use? I have, an, I have an Android phone. Dude, uh-huh. I don't know if you noticed that South by Southwest, but if you don't bring a fucking Mac, you are... Not part of the club. Well, uh, that was, uh, I mean, I almost felt like that with Google Glass at South by Southwest this year because it oh. was everywhere. Really? Yeah. I like, didn't see I, I have seen. Glass. I've seen more people at South by Southwest with Google Glass than I thought Google Glass existed. Like, I, I went to, to talk with Mark Cuban. Uh huh. And there was a guy interviewing him with his Google Glass. Like, he was just pointing his Google Glass at him. And it looks so <laughs> It stupid. looks ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah, I could have even I could imagine. I mean, even people that still wear the um, the Bluetooth. Oh, oh yeah. If you Bluetooth. want to look like a dick, wear a Bluetooth headset. The one, the director of operations that where I work, he wears. He's he's proudly not hip, and he wears the oldest heads Bluetooth headset I've ever seen, and it's a full headset. Oh like it's God. like what we're what we're wearing, but with a like a a boom mic in front of his mouth the whole I, day. Not the whole day, but he's wear he wears it an awful lot. Like I'll pass him in the restroom, and he's wearing that thing. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I guess he's always got to have his hands on something, you know. In the restroom. In the restroom. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, I realized that as soon as I said it, that was bad. But uh, uh, what were we talking about? The Bluetooth. Oh yeah. His headset. He's gonna break into uh, some uh, in sync. But I mean, uh, you know, if you didn't Concert? have a, if you didn't have an iMac. In sync concert, yeah, because he's wearing that thing. Oh. Don't they wear? Don't they <laughs> wear if, yeah, I'm sorry. If you didn't have a MacBook uh-huh. at South by Southwest, I mean, you were going to get laughed out. Of the building. Oh yeah, imagine if you walked in with like a, um, with like a, with like a. I'm trying to think of it. Again. Like my crappy Dell, yeah, like clunky Dell laptop that I have for work. Yeah, or like, like some Acer. Yeah, like oh jerk. Yeah, you could maybe get away with a Chromebook. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe. But you know what? What's weird is that they have like. They did a whole Samsung concert with like what? Who was it? Like Justin Timberlake played a like you can only get in if you had a Samsung it was, Galaxy uh, I phone. I thought it was uh, Kanye, or was it? Like, there was a Prince one too. I don't even remember. At South by Southwest, there was like I think there was a Kanye West and Jay Z concert. I thought I thought it was Kanye West and Justin. I don't know, Maybe it was Justin Timberlake. I don't remember. But I know there were people walking around replacing your Samsung phone battery for yeah, free. Yeah, I'm like, nah, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to reviews. Here are this week's reviews. First up, we have Ouija. As friends we've gathered, hearts are true. Spirits near, we call to you. If there's a presence here, please make yourself known. This is a joke. Come on, you guys, who's doing that? Is there something you want to tell us? Sarah, cut it out. I'm not pushing it. Who is this? Sarah, if that's you pretending to be Debbie, then that's really messed up. I swear it's not me, all right? Hey, this is freaking me out. Let's just stop it now. I'm sorry, yes, just, just put your hand back, please. Guys, <laughs> calm down. It's an old house. I love the idea of asking a spirit if it's known, and, he's, and the spirit's like, hey, guys, I'm over here, just Hello. hanging out. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, this is uh, Ouija. 
It's about a group of friends that must confront their most terrifying fears when they awaken the dark powers of an ancient spirit board. I hate that they kept calling it spirit board. Is that what it, people call it? Uh, yeah, and they call it uh, like a witch board. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, so you didn't see this, Cody, right? No, I'm over here doing fantasy football stuff. You guys yeah. carry on. <laughs> <laughs> he was too scared. Uh, but Kiko and I saw it. Kiko, what'd you think? Uh, just, uh, I mean, it's Halloween. Of course, a movie like this is going to come out. I mean, I'm surprised like a Paranormal Activity six didn't show up at the theater this um, this month. Um, well, they you remember it used to belong to Saw, right? Like right. nine Saw movies. Right, and, but there's always that one, you know, throwaway horror horror movie that comes out that you know studios are just wanting a cash grab for the for the season uh, and this is it this is the, the crap that they come up with um hasbro's behind it because it's a hasbro toy and um, i don't think there's enough uh uh like there's not a blatant enough connection with that and transformers so i think it, people they get away with it a little more well i think sometimes pe- people forget that it's the ouija board is is just a toy because there's so such a long history of things happening, and can we can we talk about the Ouija board for a second? Yeah, here? yeah, go for it. So uh, the film studio sent me a Ouija board for us to to use and talk about. Right, which I've never I've never used a Ouija board. Before. I have when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and Cody hasn't, right? No, I've never done that. I mean, well, actually, I think I might have had one out as a kid, but I mean, it's how many spirits did you conjure? Uh, like seven. <laughs> uh, I can remember doing it, uh, playing the game with my sister when I was a kid. And of course, like we talked to Elvis or some, some <laughs> dumb shit. But anyway, so we, uh, we, we were going to have it on, we were going to bring it here to talk about, right? So we're going to, we're going to actually do, we're going to actually play with the Ouija board on the podcast. But we were told no. <laughs> right? We were told absolutely not by my wife. <laughs> and I, I asked her, I was like, hey, is it cool that Jared brings the Ouija board so we can play it on the podcast? You should have seen her face. She's like, no. And my fiance is... is The same way. Yeah. she's. I mean, you know, I have it in the house. And I have another one that I bought at a garage sale. Which actually, I told I told someone about it <laughs> at work, and they're like, "Why would you buy a used Ouija board? <laughs> Can you imagine the fucking demons that are haunting that thing?" <laughs> so anyway, um, the the film studio sent me this Ouija board, and I had it on my desk at work, mm-hmm. and people would walk by like freaked out, and I just can't believe how many people are legitimately scared of this. Yeah, stuff. neither 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 can I. And I mean, it's fucking says Hasbro Games biggest shit on the side and the whole version i have is parker brothers uh-huh you know the same people that that make connect four or, or whatever or whatever yeah i mean yeah. it's it's a you know it's a it's an old parlor it, trick right it's interesting thing. though how it's gotten into the you know the mind of people that there's something in it which uh, i mean i mean i guess it's i mean it's not really a legitimate thing but at the same time it just has such a crazy history i mean i don't know well it's it's uh based on a i watched a, an episode of i was telling y'all about it the other day penn and teller right bullshit. right the bullshit show that they had and they talked about uh i i watched that episode again after seeing the film and it's it's called an idiomotor response where you think you're not doing something voluntarily because your mind tricks you into to doing it so mm-hmm. you know collectively 
you all want the answer to be yes if there's a spirit there. Because obviously if you if you have a Ouija board, you want to talk to a spirit. So you're collectively fooling yourselves into thinking that it's moving by itself to the yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So but they did a test where they they had some people play with one and then they blindfolded them and without telling them they flipped the board over. So their hands were still going to where the yes used to be. Right. But there was no yes there. Oh, okay. So anyway. So what what happened? Did they explain what happens when it actually spells things out? Well, it's the same thing. It's the idiomotor. Like you're, you're collectively wanting it to spell something out. You know what I mean? Mm, that sounds hard to, I guess. I, I, mean, it's, I don't, know. It I, sounds... I don't I, it's not a super scientific explanation on the show. Mostly that show is just debunking stuff. It's right. not telling you exactly why. Uh, but, you know, it's a kind of a collective, um, not hallucination, mm-hmm. I want to say, but just sort of a <clears throat> power of suggestion thing, I guess. Anyway, um, it's not it's not real is what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, some people think it is yeah. like your fiance. And like my our wife. significant others. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, back to the movie. Um, the. This is just throwaway garbage. I mean, you're, you're getting a horror movie. That people want to be scared um, this month. So why not make it about the Ouija board since it does have that long history? Uh, the, nothing happens in this film. I mean, it, it's just a bunch of jump scares. Um, the dialogue is terrible. I mean, the, you, you <laughs> just heard some some of the most cliche stuff ever. I mean, of course, you have to ask, oh, who's doing that? Oh, my God, what's going on? Yeah. Well, who? Stop! Stop playing around. You know, there's always some Joker when it comes to that shit. Yeah, exactly. I know their friend just died, but somebody's gonna be, you know, fucking around, pretending <laughs> like they're a ghost. Um, yeah. So I mean, as 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 they release these um, spirits, these evil spirits who uh, start picking these kids off one by one, kind of Final Destination style. I think that's, that's what it reminded me of. Like every kid is, you know, next in line to, to die because of the Ouija board. So, but I was telling you, like that. Um, cause you, after the movie, you're like, they just created, they just threw a Ouija board into yeah. the most generic horror movie, um, script ever. And I was like, yeah, you could just, you could literally take the Ouija board out of this and put anything, anything else in there, like a cell phone or, a you know, yeah. anything. And it would have been the same story. Now, you know, like I'm saying, I don't believe in the Ouija board stuff, but it is such an interesting artifact of yeah pop culture that, there is a probably a, a way better story to tell about a haunted Ouija board or a Ouija board that's real <clears throat> right. or whatever. <clears throat> but this doesn't do that at all. It's just like you you said, it could have been anything. Could have right. been, you know, just just a demon haunting the house or just a spirit haunting the house. The Ouija board doesn't do anything. Right, exactly. And that's what I mean, it's just frustrating when they come out with stuff like this. Uh because I mean it's a PG thirteen movie. They're just trying to, you know, bank on, you know, uh, you know, mom and dad dropping off the kids and their 10 friends to watch it on a Friday night yeah. that, you know, and it's middle gonna, school kid or whatever. And it's going to win the box office this weekend. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There's, I mean, what else are you going to go? What are, what else are, you know, 14 year old kids going to go watch Yeah. right yeah. now? I don't know. St. Vincent. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you totally. It's, it's just, it's so generic that it's disappointing. I mean, I don't, you don't expect a lot from a movie that says based on a product from Hasbro in the credits. <laughs> well, I mean, if you also look at who did it, I mean, the director and the writers have done really crappy 
um, horror movies before. The Possession was one of them, which was really bad. Um, I mean, so I mean, they, they know what they're getting themselves into. I mean, they, they, the, the the studio knows what they're putting out. I mean, I mean it's it's just depressingly just a product to sell another product, yeah. which can be good. I mean, you look at something like the Lego movie, you know, that's, there couldn't be anything more commercial than that. Right. Right. And it's well put together. That's true. And there are plenty of low budget horror films that do it well. You know, so you'd think they could at least find somebody that had some sort of creative vision, but maybe, you know, maybe this was a script that was already written. And they're like, Hey, let's throw a Ouija board in this. <laughs> that's what it feels like. And it, it's, and it, it's weird because they, they start the movie with uh, uh, like the old school original Ouija board. Like right, board right. The girl that actually the, – the first death actually happens on this like real creepy looking Ouija board. Yeah, but the, when they're kids, they're playing with the, the board game version. Right. Like with the plastic planchette and uh, – Right, right, right. But it's, then when it gets to the when it gets to the modern day, they're using, of course, some old wooden artifacts. That's what I meant, the opposite way. Yeah, the the board game, the kids' board game, is happening at the beginning, and then they find like this. I don't know, crazy looking Ouija board that it actually looks kind of cool. Like it'd be cool, like a display piece in your house, you know? or something you'd find at a uh, garage sale, like, <laughs> yeah, like I did. Like, <laughs> fuck, is that what yours look like? Uh, no, mine's the old school style, like the original board game style, except, uh, the planchette thing glows in the dark. Oh, okay. The, well, ni- the box is all 90s style. Like it's all yeah. neon green and blue. Well, tell them what, uh, <laughs> what they sent you. Well, what? yeah, the, the movie the- version that they sent, uh, ha- needs batteries. The planchette <laughs> needs batteries. And I was baffled by this, but I didn't know what it, I didn't know what it would do because it didn't say, or I didn't read it. Maybe I just didn't read it. Uh, but uh, so I finally went out and got some batteries for it, and it just lights up purple. Mm. Like the you press down on it, and it's purple. Like um, a purple light shows up in the little lens of the planchette. Isn't purple the, the official colors of uh, Satan? <laughs> Satan's football team. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a gay pride. That's what it is. <laughs> the devil is in gay pride. No. <laughs> I don't mean that. Jeez, man. I, I'm just I'm use I'm being sarcastic. Thanks for the last week of this podcast. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic in what some fundamentalists would think. Anyway, uh but yeah, like it just that's to me that totally ruins any kind of mystical powers this thing would have that it needs batteries. Yeah, exactly. So but it still doesn't stop my fiance from not liking that. She's like, "Why would you put batteries in that thing?" <laughs> it's like, because I wanted to see what it did. Yeah, you, you should be scared if it started working without the batteries. Yeah, yeah if it glowed so. purple with nothing in it, then yeah. fuck. Right, exactly. Throw it on a fire, or what, what is it? We got some lore before the movie started. Like you have to break it into seven pieces. Like the studio rep was talking about it. Do you, oh, do you shit, I don't remember. It was like you. It was there were three rules. You could never ask it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first you can't use it in a graveyard. Uh huh. You can't you can't use it. You can't play play it alone. Yeah. You can't ask it if it's God, right? Right. You can't ask it when it will when you will die. Right. And you can't ask it where the gold is buried. <laughs> <laughs> so we came out with uh, the one question that will cover all of that. <laughs> what was it? I don't remember exactly. What <laughs> I don't it was. either. It was. Uh, are you God and? Could or could are you God and can you tell me where the gold is buried before I die or something? something like that? Like, will so, I find the gold or I don't know? Yeah. 
Will I find the gold before I die? Anyway, <laughs> the movie is completely forgettable. Yeah, terrible. Uh, ter- really bad. It's, it, it is. It's really bad. Where the, and the parents all leave for no reason. These are supposed to be teenagers, but of course they look like they're 30. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that in a later movie, which okay, is yeah. 10 million times worse. But um, yeah, no, totally pass on um, Ouija. I totally agree. Um, there's way better horror movies out there. Not at the theater, but you can find something at home to. It's on. They're on TV right now. Just I mean, every, every station, every channel, every network cool. is playing some kind of horror. Go watch movie. one of the parent. Any one of the paranormal activities is better than this movie. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, let's go and move on to our next movie, John Wick. Dialogue oh man, time. that was cool! <laughs> I wanted to do a mosh pit right now. That's what I wanted. The only clips they had of this film were were action scenes, and of course, it doesn't pew, really play pew, well pew. on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, John Wick is about an ex-hitman who comes out of retirement to track down the gangsters that took everything from him. Uh, Kiko, you did not see this film. Oh man, Cody, no. Cody and I did. Cody. And he had very interesting <clears throat> takes on this. So. Yeah, uh, Cody, go ahead and start us off. Okie dokie. Um, uh, hmm. I think that that John Wick is a you know it's it's a it's a revenge movie. I think you could probably put it in that genre. <laughs> yes, uh, I think exactly that's what it is. It's okay. a revenge movie. <laughs> Good. I like how that was questioned by anybody. <laughs> uh, this movie has Keanu Reeves in it. I think that is an unquestioned fact as well. Uh, no, um, this this film starts off. I think better than a lot of revenge movies do. I think that, you know, in some cases the you know the it's such an important thing to really nail the reason for everything going forward, the inciting incident for all of this right. to take place. And I think John Wick does it really effectively and um they do it in a way that I guess uh you know audiences might find a little upsetting. Do we want to talk about exactly what it is? Uh, I, I, you know, I'm so back and forth on whether or not because I've read be talked about. plenty of reviews. I've read say exactly what it is. Yeah, but it's such a shocking. I think it's. I don't. I guess we can. I say leave it out. You say leave, say it, leave out? it out. Yeah. I'm kind I don't of, know. I'm kind of on that. What team did you? Too. What did you write? I'm, I didn't read your review yet. Did you? I basically said a a brutal incident that a lot of audience members would find upsetting. Okay, is is how I did. I said it was really brutal and effective, and. Yeah. We may be overselling it a tiny bit. You uh, know what? I c- compared to how people react to this sort of thing. I guess some I don't people think are so. so people are so desensitized. Like it's not like it's not about a human getting killed or like right. some anyway. It's a revenge. Okay, so Keanu Reeves is a is a hit is a, a former hit former mob hitman who's out of the business. Yeah, 
and uh, uh, he happens upon some Russian some Russian gangsters happen upon him as he's recovering from his wife's death. Yeah, one of which played by uh, Mr. Theon Greyjoy from, <laughs> uh, from Alfie, Game of Alfie Allen, yeah. who can't not play giant pricks. Yeah, uh, that's sort of his thing, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you ever hear that, uh, by the way, that the part of his sister um, in Game of Thrones, I can't remember what her name is, mm-hmm. That his real life sister auditioned yeah. for that. Yeah, I know, gross, right? Gross. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Lily Allen, singer Lily Allen, is his sister. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Alfie Allen story. <laughs> uh, the the Russian gangsters they want his car. He's got this badass Mustang, and he tells them, "No, it's not for sale." And yeah. uh, they come and steal his car, kick his ass, and do something else we're not going to talk about. Yeah. So that sets him off on a revenge path. Yeah. And I think I think the beginning of this movie is 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 done pretty okay. Uh, I think that you know it, it has this establishment of this world that he left, and as he comes back into it, people recognize him, and there's you see what's set up. You see, there's a certain hotel that people stay at. Um, there's clubs, there's codes of conduct, uh, and then there's, you know, there's some decent side characters. Like, I think that, uh, like, the cleanup crew mm-hmm. is, a good, is a nice touch. Um, and uh, But but then, uh, well, I, you know, I should also say that some of the fight sequences are really well, well done. It's super violent. Um, it's a very bloody movie, and there's some creative kills in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, you know, Keanu Reeves shooting someone into a pool, and... And you know where he holds the guy against the wall and reloads and then kills him. Um, there's some nicely done stylized violence here. My problem was somewhere along the middle of the movie, it sort of just kind of fades into just normal movie violence, and it just becomes a bunch of bullets you've been, flying. You've been desensitized, Cody. Yeah, and I think that I think that it sort of loses its edge, and I think that. It's, it kind of loses its reason for, you know, the reason for him going out on this revenge hunt sort of gets lost a little bit. And I think there's some characters that don't really work. I think Adrienne Palacki's character is oh, really? terrible, actually. I don't know. I liked her. I, I I had a totally different opinion of this movie yeah. than you did. I really, really liked this movie. And I loved the setup of, uh, you know, because his car gets stolen and other things happen that we won't talk about. And uh, the Russian gangsters, led by Alfie Allen, take the car to be uh, like to a chop shop run by John Leguizamo, and he recognizes the car as John Wick's car. At this point, you don't know what John Wick used to do, so he 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 sees that and is like, "Oh fuck!" Right, and his nickname was the Boogeyman. So yeah, uh, so <laughs> he he punches out he not, punches Alfie Allen out, who's the son of this. Uh, um, the Russian, the lead Russian mobster played by uh, Michael, Michael Nyquist. Nyquist. Which, from... by the way, I really did not like him in this movie. Really? I thought he was just the hammiest villain. I liked that he actually got to do something other than the last time I saw him play a villain in fucking Mission Impossible 4 when he just walked around with a suitcase. Were we just talking about Russian villains and how stereotypical they were in The Equalizer and now? Yeah. Yeah. This is much better than The Equalizer. Okay. Um, this And the the my favorite response is whenever they, uh, whenever anybody hears that John Wick is coming or the the thing is 
Alfie Allen gets knocked out by John Leguizamo. And uh, the Russian uh, gang leader, Michael Nyquist, calls him and says, hey, why'd you punch my son, basically? And they're like, he fucking stole John Wick's car. And his response is just, oh. And that's it. And that's all you need to know, really, because John Wick's going to come kick your ass. <laughs> Cause that, and that's how they build the, the, the reputation of John Wick. I don't know. I really like this movie a lot, a lot more than I expected to, because I really had no idea going in what it was. And I loved the – it reminded me of Gross Point Blank, um, except not a comedy, where there's this code of conduct among hitmen, and they have a safe house – Mm-hmm. And uh, you know these cleanup crews that can come in and, and you know they, he orders dinner reservations and that sends a cleanup crew to come dispose of bodies and stuff. Uh, and it also reminded me a little of uh, Payback, where it's a seemingly my, uh, minor infraction amount of money. Because what was it? Payback like ten thousand dollars. Do you remember that film? The Michael. Uh, oh right, right. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, it was like ten grand. He won, and they're like, "What the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why are you coming after ten grand? Uh, it's kind More of the a, principle of the thing. Yeah, because it's you know it's a relatively small infraction, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. But, right. Uh, I, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed this movie, and uh, Keanu Reeves doesn't really say much in the movie, but isn't that a good thing? Yeah, no, it is because <laughs> he still has that that kind of flat delivery. Uh, that that you've seen before, but even in the good movies he's in, he has this kind of this. I don't know. Well, it's his thing. I mean, that's why you hire Keanu Reeves. You don't hire him to be a thespian, a Shakespearean actor. Wasn't he in Shakespeare before? Or maybe I'm thinking of something else. Whoa, Shakespeare! <laughs> <laughs> I think he went and picked up Shakespeare in Bill and Ted. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. I don't remember exactly who all they went and got. Uh, but I, I really, really like this movie. And and well, you're wrong. <laughs> Sorry, Cody. Let's go to Rotten Tomatoes and see what what Ooh, it's at. Low blow. Zing. It's Isn't in, it like at eighty high? The high eighties. Yeah, it's pretty high. That was me crying. Dick. Uh, <laughs> no, John Wick. John Wick. John Dick. <laughs> There you go again with your. I, I really, I really, really like this movie, and I, I hope it finds the audience that that appreciates it. I think it's in second place right now at the box office after Ouija. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I want to check it out. I mean, I, I like. Then why didn't you? Because the same reason that you didn't check out two of the three movies this week. Because <laughs> you were scared. Oh yeah, that's probably why. No, uh, for me, yeah, I, I I can see how you feel about this, but for me, I think that it became pretty generic towards the middle. I think that it wasn't generic at first, but then uh, somewhere along the middle, it was just one too many, you know, shoot 'em up style scenes that just got to be a little. It just kind of lost its its luster a little bit. I can see what you're saying. It is it is relatively short, but it did feel longer mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's an hour and thirty six minutes, something like that. Uh, but there, there are kind of there are little peaks and valleys in there. But I, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, it's it it does feel very similar to the Equalizer at times. I guess because of the Russians, <laughs> uh, and that you just have this unstoppable badass. Uh, but I think it plays it plays way better than the Equalizer because the Equalizer was full of cheese. Yeah, uh, and this is just all meat. 
and potatoes. <laughs> That's a good way to yeah. put it. Yeah. 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 I, I like I like cheese with my potatoes though. <laughs> I do too. see, with meat, potatoes, and cheese, then you've got that's like the halfway to a cheeseburger. Yeah. So oh, no, I mean, it is. I mean, really, unless you include a little bit of bread, it is a cheeseburger or a low carb cheeseburger oh, at the very least. See. Although the the potatoes ruin the carbs thing. So, have you eaten those Hawaiian? Kings Hawaiian? Kings Hawaiian burgers. The, I've never I mean, had the, a burger, but the bur- the the bread. Oh yeah. They make they make uh, loaves of bread. Did you know that? They make uh, like slices of bread. I didn't know that, but I did have uh, at South by Southwest once again we had a grilled cheese sandwich made with uh, <laughs> from a food truck made with Kings Hawaiian oh, rolls. They just tore open the package of rolls. Uh-huh. You know, it's like in a four pack yeah. and they would cut it in half and then put I don't know, fancy cheese in there and grill it. On a panini press or something. It's like you're eating. So it's like eight dollars for a grilled cheese sandwich. Thanks. <laughs> Every time I hear the word panini, I think of Steve Brule. And the, uh, do you remember when he was doing the 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 cooking show where he where the lady was making the panini? I and, and I've she, seen it, but I don't remember the exact quote. We're talking about yeah, Tim and Eric. She show. Oh. she said they were going to make a panini, and he just goes, "What's a panini?" <laughs> And then and then and then she goes, It's an Italian sandwich and he goes, What's Italian? <laughs> <laughs> that you know that's that John C. Riley, right? Yeah. I'm talking about? yeah. Okay. That's an amazing So character. great. So John Wick. Back to John Wick. Uh, no. Do you recommend it, Cody? No. I don't no recommend it. No recommendation. No recommendation. I, I highly recommend this movie. On the flip side of Cody's recommendation or non recommendation. I think it's great. Uh, I think we should we should end this with a fist fight. Let's have a John Wick style rave fight. <laughs> yeah. You have glow sticks. And like some random, like, what's up with these movies with weird bathhouse fight scenes? And I'm like, I don't know. Like Snowpiercer has one, and uh, I don't it's, know. I guess it's a rich thing. It's a rich people thing. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Never understood the concept of a, like going somewhere and taking a bath. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to the. <laughs> 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 Let's move on to the last movie, 23 Blasts. Travis, how you doing? Hey, coach. You got a funny look in your eye. Travis, I never coached a boy loves football as much as you. I'm thinking you should come back on the team. They can't catch the ball. So you're going to have to play center. You're not a gazelle anymore. You're a pit bull. It's going to be a long season. When a high school football star is suddenly stricken with irreversible total blindness, he must decide whether to live a safe, handicapped life or bravely return to the life he once knew and the sport he still loves. Now, as we mentioned before, <clears throat> Kiko and I saw this. C- Cody didn't. Kiko? Um, going into this, I thought that it was going to be... W- the thing that surprised me about this was that it was it's not heavy-handed in terms of uh, uh, faith and religious aspects of it. I, I, I was surprised. I didn't think it was. I, I agree. Uh, you know, you... <clears throat> You get a whiff of these things usually coming from a mile away. Right, right. These faith-based films. And it's it's really light on the faith. Yeah, it is. And so um, in terms of that, I was I was fine that it didn't get really heavy-handed. I mean, we do have like a church scene uh, where the real um, um, guy that was uh, stricken with this disease and goes blind, he plays the preacher. Um, so I can understand why they did that. They wanted him in the movie. They wanted him, you know. And it, it does end with a Bible quote. Too. It does, too. That, but that's about it. I couldn't think of anything else that really, other than the fact that he wears a cross necklace. Yeah, but yeah, that's. uh, You're right. You're right, though. It's not like uh, 
like some of this other stuff where that is a central theme. Right, right. So this is more about the guy's love for football and him trying to come back. I mean, he, he he's he's uh he he goes blind and then um he has to decide whether or not to come back uh, to play football. And the, the cool thing is that the coach, because he was a wide receiver, so uh, um, he can't do that anymore. He can't. Yeah, exactly. So the coach uh, asked him to come back and play the center position, which uh, is the guy that snaps the ball to the quarterback. So. Um, it's a it's a interesting story, a nice human interest story. I I, I saw um, it down on sixty minutes when it first happened a few years back, uh, which was a good you know uh, fifteen minute package of the story that was perfect for this type of you know narrative. Uh, t- turned into an hour and a half movie doesn't really work. Um, I think that um, the director uh, D- Dylan. Um, Baker. Baker, sorry. Actor, character actor. Character Dylan actor Baker. Dylan Baker, who you can read my review with on uh, Cinestop.net. Inter- uh, interview. Did I say review? Mm-hmm. Oh, interview. You're, review, you're reviewing Dylan Baker. Yes, I am. <laughs> like, why are you so skinny and weird looking? <laughs> so, uh, you, you, may know, you may know him from, uh, I guess his high, highest profile roles were in the first three Spider Man films. Right, right. You know, kind of a, uh, what was it, happiness that you loved? Right. He was in Road to Perdition. Yeah. Um, so, great actor. Uh, he's he's going into his first, uh, making his directorial debut with this. Um, he there's some problems in the direction. Uh, there's some real problems, of course, in the in the script. Um, I just didn't really feel like they uh, showed how much this kid was going through. I mean, he's blind, yes, but at the same time, I don't think the script allows you to see like you know exactly how. Um, Shut up, Cody. <laughs> exactly how you know, bad, um, how, crazy, well, how, 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 how life altering this would be. How life altering it is, yeah. So, um, I don't know. That's that's where I am with this. I, it's it's just that uh, it's so indifferent. That's on, ev- on everything, like the direction, the lighting, the acting, the writing. I mean, nobody's bad. I mean, the kid, the, even the young kid that plays the role is fine. I mean, he didn't. The lead, I like the lead actor a lot. Yeah, the, the guy that plays his best friend uh, is a, is one of the writers, Bram Hoover. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, and that character I didn't understand too too well. I didn't get why he was so angry. And he uh, lo- and he and the actor. Oh, is, yeah. is thirty years old, but he looks older. Like the guy has a receding hairline. Right. Um. That, that's always a problem for me. I don't understand why they can't find kids that look. Like they're seventeen. I mean, this is they're supposed to be in high school. Okay. Um, did you ever watch Friday Night Lights, the TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen episodes. I haven't. I mean, I'm not. This this is a this genre is something that show did perfectly, which is combine the drama and importance of high school football to these kids, right? Uh, to these students and the personal things that go with them, and combine faith. In a way that's not intrusive, right? Because uh, you know this doesn't get talked about a lot with Friday Night Lights, but faith is an important part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're they say prayers before the game, and it doesn't hit you over the head with it, right? And this movie doesn't really either. It does get a little too on the nose, like in the church scene, um, but it just it's. This this has been done so much better, and, and it's something that so many people loved in Friday Night Lights. That I don't know why they would attempt something like this with with such a half-assed effort. Right. Well, it's an inspirational story. I mean, that's people are always looking for you know sports movies like that. I mean, 
there's always going to be those movies. I mean, I guess there. I mean, there's no way around it. Something's going to happen where, you know, a kid that never played basketball is given you know a shot in the fourth quarter well, and he hits uh, ten three pointers. Well, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying I dislike the story, just that you don't have the the budget and the talent right. aren't, aren't in place for this. I mean, you've got uh, good actors. Uh, you know, Alexa Vega's in this for. I mean, she's a fine actress, I guess. Yeah, she's didn't. yeah. They don't give her too much to do. I mean, she's the, just kind of a um, Dylan Baker's wife. Um, I can't remember her exact name. Is it Mary Kay Baker? I don't know. Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Girls plays the mother. In both of those shows. Mm-hmm. She plays the hard ass uh, Patty Wheatley, the the social worker. Oh right, right. That comes in and kind of whips him into shape. There's there's a lot of stuff like that. That there's little drips and drabs of good performance and solid solid work on the movie's part but it just overall to me it's just so it looks so generic and mm-hmm. it looks so it feels like something you would see like on like this is something that the that would be shown to kids during like i don't know like a bible camp you know, like a sunday school uh class right right and the the thing that bugged me the most is they could never seem to get more than 20 people in a room together. <laughs> there was a few scenes where you saw the the stands filled. Well, like at the games, but like the church scene, it's so empty in there for what is supposed to be a faith-based film. It's almost kind of embarrassing because uh, you well, look at the pews and it's it's super empty. It looks I, like somebody's wedding. You know? I think <laughs> you know? uh, that was a Sunday Sunday afternoon service. Everybody was watching football. <laughs> it was one of those like Wednesday night services. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just, I wish it was better because I like the story. I wish it was pulled off better. I just think it's not, it's, it's just, there's the, I mean, everything about it looks cheap. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, this is, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's uh, really inspirational, but you just can't pull an hour and a half movie out of this type of film. It's just impossible. There's yeah. not enough interesting things going on. I mean, the idea, the thing that he does is great, but I mean, maybe you can, but they, this just didn't. Well, I, I think it spends, it's, gets a little mushy in the middle, like after he loses his sight and before he becomes, uh, be, before he's invited back on the team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, it, like three months pass and you have no idea. Oh, he right. He doesn't really, doesn't really portray that time passage very well. Right. You're right. Uh, I think it kind of glosses over his, his, uh, you know, reintroduction to life as a blind person you know you never really i mean he you see him using the cane and you see him going through a little bit of the the therapy that he's doing but yeah i understand you're right it doesn't really show how he kind of integrates back into the whole system and i wish it would have touched on the football a little more towards the end yeah the football scenes are terrible i mean if you want like real solid football stuff you're not going to get it here i mean it just seems really thrown together well it, there's a there's an interesting um little plot that never really goes anywhere where the quarterback because his best friend who's uh the old guy uh was the quarterback and he's replaced by another quarterback who uh is his mother is upset with the fact that this blind kid is going to be one of his offensive linemen right and 
has a chance to ruin his scholarship. You know, if, if somebody gets through and hurts this kid, right. then here goes this kid's scholarship. But it doesn't really expound on that anymore. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really – there's no real conflict other than the the parents argue with uh, Timothy Busfield playing the athletic director right? Uh, who is just there to be the bumbling fool for the whole movie <laughs> and then gets yelled at by uh, – the social worker about breaking the law and that's it. That's all that ever really comes from that plot line. The, it, some more internal conflict would have been refreshing, I think, because I think that's what high school football really is. You know, there's a lot of kids looking out for their future. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're just out there to have fun. You know, some of them playing football, but some of these people, it's a ticket to college. Right. And I don't think it, it really effectively portrayed that. I agree. So uh, 23 Blast uh, is a pass uh, for me. Uh, um, oh, and, and like I, I wrote this in my written review. God, how pissed are they that they couldn't use the blind side title? <laughs> I know, right? Because <laughs> like what does 23 Blast mean? It's a, it's a play. Yeah. Like that doesn't. Well, it's a play. Yeah. It's a play that you can run if you're blind. I guess, is it? That's what they is that what that means? Well, well I just. That's what I the mean... play's name was. It doesn't mean anything it's just what they named the play yeah i'm i was really not a fan of the the last scene either i thought that was just pretty predictable yeah well, anyway so not recommended by not you not no no recommendation you? not not for me either um i wish it was better because I, I i appreciate the fact that it wasn't heavy-handed yeah me too and I'm, that's one of these things that these these faith-based movies just can't seem to reconcile mm-hmm. the fact that you don't have to be heavy-handed to get your message across. Right. You don't have to be all Kirk Cameron about it and demonize everybody else for not seeing your point of view. Right, right. Let's move on to our last segment. In the spirit of Ouija, we want to talk about what board games we'd like to see made into films. <laughs> well, aren't there st- aren't there board games that are getting, you know, have at least treatments or There was a lot of that after uh, Battleship, I think was the first one, right? Well, yeah. Battleship was the first one that got made. Uh there was a lot of that after Transformers. Uh, Hasbro was their goal was to become an IP company, mm-hmm. you know, licensing their their brands out to films. Right, I think right. Some of the high profile stuff that that got kicked around was a Monopoly movie by right, uh, Ridley right. Scott. But it was going to be it was going to be a serious movie, like a type of Wall Street thing, right? Yeah, not like. Not where you just devolve into arguments with your friends and fucking hate everybody. <laughs> well, I would think like the, that little man, the Monopoly man, would have made a cameo. Or Rich something. Uncle Pennybags. Oh, is that what his name is? That's his original name. Now they just call him Mr. Monopoly, which is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you like Pennybags better? I like Rich Uncle Pennybags. Jared loves Pennybags. <laughs> it sounds like a James Bond like Mr. villain. Pennybags. And like he he'd nail his daughter or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was at one point Adam Sandler had bought a or had been attached to Candyland. Uh, There's always threats of Candyland, isn't there? Well, always. I mean, it's Correct. a great game. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, do you remember? You're too young, Cody. But do you remember before Candyland got a makeover? There was like a weird darkness to it, kind of a Willy Wonka ish. Like the artwork on it was way different. Do you remember that, Kiko? Mm, I think so. It was I like the molasses swamp. Yeah, and the like it was it was scarier looking. Right, right. It was somewhere you didn't want to be. I, I I think the direction of these games are going to be to take the names and not really do anything that has to do with them. So like 
like we'll see like some sort of medical drama be operation, you know. <laughs> but see, what does that even? How does that even help anything though? <laughs> well, I mean, battleship. I didn't see battleship, but it wasn't anything about the game, was it? The, it has yeah, elements of the game, right, so it, it has, has B four. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a scene in the middle uh. where they. There's a scene in the middle where they can't. They have no. What is it? They have no radar or something. Right. right. So they have to use some sort of plotting system to uh. fire. That you, is I can't the, believe you didn't see Battleship. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. And who says you sunk my Battleship? No one. Really? And that pissed me off. You wanted that. Well, <laughs> fuck, why not? Okay, because the, the whole point of Battleship is Liam Neeson is an admiral, and uh, Taylor Kitsch is some, like, screw-up. I don't know what his rank is in the film. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, he's dating Liam Neeson's daughter. Yeah. And... Uh, Liam Neeson is in the movie for like 10 minutes and gets separated from the – because aliens attack and land and they build this bubble, basically, yeah. force field. And the only thing in there is a battleship. And uh, Taylor Kitsch somehow – I can't remember how he becomes the – you know, is in command of it. And it gets sunk by the end of the movie. Right. And I – god damn it, when the, everything's resolved and he faces Liam Neeson <laughs> after the end of it – I wanted Liam Neeson to say, you sunk my battleship so fucking bad. <laughs> well, why not? I mean, it's I such know. a cheese movie, you know, might as well just throw that in there. I mean, yeah. it's not like they're, I don't know. I, I would, oh, go ahead. I mean, the movie is Transformers without Transformers. Right. That tells you how fucking dumb it is. I would like to see a, a, a crazy horror director take on Hungry Hungry Hippos <laughs> and just be like cannibalistic that would be. Badass. I guess it wouldn't be cannibalistic, but it would be. Uh, That'd uh, be perfect for the sci-fi channel. Hungry, yeah, Hungry, Hungry, but, Hungry, but, Hungry, but see, at some point, these movies have to sell the game again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. I so guess that's I mean, true. it's it's funny to think of like, oh, what if they did this with this? But what would be, what would be a game that could translate well into a film and keep the spirit of the game? Who. Oh. I have to think about that for a you second. Switch the, you switch the uh, question on us now. Jenga. No. <laughs> <laughs> like a, bu- a builder. Uh, <laughs> a builder that doesn't... Uh, you know, I mean, something like Risk could be awesome. I mean, even though that game takes forever. You ever played Risk? No. I mean, it's just a big World War game. I guess... Oh, right, yeah. I've played that before. So Life. I think that they could they could do if they made Candyland into like a kids movie they could probably sell the yeah, shit out of that yeah uh, Candyland or uh, <clears throat> hmm. I don't know I've got a bunch of li- uh, lists of games open and I okay what do you got what do you got just a bunch of things that wouldn't work at all like what uh like well I said Operation was one <laughs> uh, you know there's uh, <laughs> Sorry <laughs> just the Canadian movie. Uh, what is that? I think there's an aeroplane outside. Uh, Yahtzee. <laughs> Yahtzee. Uh, there's um. Hmm. What would be a good game? Perfection. Pop goes perfection. You you just can't do it with a lot of these games. There's, <laughs> there's no narratives in any of them. It's hard to have a narrative in a board I, game. I would love a good Monopoly movie, and I think there but is how, one to be made. But would it be like? It'd have to be set in like, like the 20s. Uh, you know, it couldn't be anything modern day. It would have to be in that that whole stock market boom. I would love era. if they just if they just like walked up to someone and say, you're going directly to jail. I'm sorry. And just, <laughs> Do not pass go. <laughs> I, uh, 
They did do Clue. Remember back in the I love the 90s, Clue movie. The Clue movie was that's and that's like a kind of a parody, not a parody, but remember the game Guess Who? The in the Bernie Mac Ashton Kutcher movie. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> no. They should do it, but they should do it like detective training. Like, like that's how you get into into becoming a detective. You have to, you have to figure this out. All sounds like these all sound like funny or die skits. What about just a movie that you know is like a competition type movie? So there'd be like a Scrabble movie, but it's just a you know like in the world of Scrabble, like set in the world of Scrabble. No, said. I mean, set in a a regular world where kids are competing against each other in the like game of Scrabble, like a chess competition, like yeah. searching for Bobby Fischer, but with Scrabble. <laughs> that could be funny. I mean, I bad wonder, words does. But do you think that 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 would be like irrelevant at this point because of words with friends, and it was just like people were like, "What?" No, okay, because people still love playing Scrabble on the board. I know? don't get words Old with people. Fr- do. I don't get words with friends. That's just a ripoff, right? Yeah, I mean, so essentially, you, yeah. I don't understand. And there's how word you just, feud. There's also word feud. I don't understand how you just sell something that's a total ripoff. I don't know. You can probably say it's a little bit different. There's a <clears throat> Connect Four. <laughs> this is such a stupid topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, ants in the pants. Um, <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> it just it, that would be a good short film. Just, just based the on pants. the game, a guy that has ants in his pants. Or, and he's like jumping around trying to get the ants out. Or, God, I don't even know. Uh, I, there was a game uh, when I was a kid. It was called Fireball Island. It was a I – and mean, I wish I still had the game because it's worth a lot of money now. But it was a huge board game that, uh, <clears throat> that was like three-dimensional. And you, it was kind of an Indiana Jones uh, ripoff. And you, every now and then, a fireball would erupt, and it was a marble that would roll down these paths. Yeah. Do you do you remember? Don't spill the beans. Uh, uh, sort of. We can do. <clears throat> you could do like a culinary <laughs> culinary movie, like Chef, but it's about a guy who can't spill this pot of beans. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Remind me never to hire you to write my script. Is it just that games aren't like these aren't? meant to be narrative enough that's to... that's what i think yeah. but it, but video games also seem to have the same problem too making the transition because well, even though they have a bit more of a narrative there's not really any kind of i think the earlier video games especially i mean do you guys, do you guys remember the mr bucket song yep sing do, it do you remember that Mm-mm. i want you to sing it because i know it <laughs> do you I'll, really I'll, i can pull it up i'd rather hear Jared I don't remember the word. Mr. Bucket. Bucket's of fun. <laughs> oh, Bucket. yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. But what's the, what's the, what's the money-making line? Oh, I don't remember exactly. It's something about... Putting your balls in his mouth. <laughs> really? <laughs> Hold on. That's not how you did it. No, because he would spit the balls out of his mouth. You'd have to put them in the top of his head because he was a bucket. You didn't, put bu- you didn't put balls into his mouth. Yeah, but you, you shot balls into his mouth. Because he has a, it's his mouth hole, and you shoot it into the bucket, right? No, you throw it into the top of the bucket, and he shoots it out his mouth hole. He oh. shoots the balls out of his mouth. Wasn't there a line about balls in his mouth in the song? <laughs> you want there to be a line about balls in his mouth? <laughs> if you could find the commercial, <laughs> we'll listen to it. But the, it's okay. Here we go. All right. Mr. Bucket. 
That's right. I'm Mr. Bucket. I'm Mr. Bucket. Toss your balls in my top. I'm Mr. Bucket. Toss your balls in my top. Out of my mouth, I will pop. I'm Mr. Bucket. Walk in the room. I'm Mr. Bucket. The game's Mr. Bucket. The first to get their balls in, and Mr. Bucket wins. But look out, because the balls will pop out of his mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket. The balls pop out of my mouth. I'm Mr. Bucket. A ball is what I'm about. I'm Mr. Bucket. We're all going to run. I'm Mr. Bucket. Mr. Bucket from Milton Bradley. <laughs> you think they regret that? <laughs> I, you know, there's some copywriter that wrote that 20, 30 years ago, whenever that movie, that game was released that was like <laughs> the whole fucking time. <laughs> but it's kid stuff it's like so, so excuse me it was put your balls in my top and then the balls will pop out of my mouth yeah Sorry. you got it totally wrong I, it's not putting the that would be just gross <laughs> god uh, uh i can't boy. believe i forgot that song mr bucket um mr bucket yeah. mr bucket <laughs> <laughs> How old are we? Anyway, games don't really make uh, for great movies. Yeah, Shoots and Ladders might be a good But one. a Ouija should have been. If you count Ouija as a game, and I do, that should have been way better than it was. Or there's at least... Are there any more horror games out there? Do you remember those crazy like VH? Dungeons and Dragons? Isn't, wasn't that a game? Oh, yeah, that's true. And that was a terrible movie. Oh, was it already a movie? Yeah. Uh, fucking Marlon Wayans was in it. Uh, Jeremy Irons played the oh, bad guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just not well done. There used to be a, a cartoon series too, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. And even like, what are you laughing just, at? Just, just the line of the first to get their balls into Mister Bucket wins. This devolved. This is devolved. <laughs> I guess we didn't really solve anything. Was that game big with girls or just or just boys liked it? <laughs> Probably just boys. God, I want to – if we can go back in time and I guess just look at YouTube at all the uh... – oh, Hold on. Have you, have you heard – I'm sorry. I have to do this. They, they've put the bleeps into the Mr. Bucket. Have you seen that? We got, I got to play this. Play it. That's that's not they put the book they put the bleeps in the wrong place. Yeah, that wasn't as good as I <laughs> you, you you have to put the bleep and put your balls in my beep. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, internet. God damn it. It's fucking laid out for you perfectly and you just screwed it up with Mr. Bucket. <laughs> Damn it. That makes me mad now. I'm actually mad that they did it wrong. You're going to go put some... You can always edit it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, but yeah, it's more fun to just find it. Yeah, exactly. It should already be there for you. We should beep certain elements of this podcast. I think so, too. Oh, you could do it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, God. All right. Uh, we didn't solve anything at all. This was a stupid segment. <laughs> I apologize to everybody. Honestly, it was worth it to revisit the Mr. Bucket song after 20 <laughs> just, years. Just go back and look at every single game or every single commercial you watched as a child, and there's all kinds of dirty stuff. And I'm sure we're going to get emails about, you know, oh, you could make this into a game, and why didn't you mention this? Well, that's sure good. I hope things. people, yeah. If you have an idea for a board game turned into a movie, then send let us, us your, know. Send us your pitch. We'll evaluate it. 
And then we'll talk to our uh, our producers and see we'll send it straight think. to Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that they use that line when we go to screenings. Yeah. The studio reps. That's such a. That's totally from a, a Simpsons episode with Mel Gibson. Do you remember that one where he he had made, done a remake of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? Oh, I do. And I they're that. like, "We're gonna send your comments to Hollywood," <laughs> yeah. and the audience is like, "Oh, oh Hollywood." Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's it for this week. Yeah. What do we have next week? Uh, next week we will have Birdman. The saga of Birdman. Mm-hmm. Birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance, as the movie is actually called. Um, it's like a melodrama. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you title melodramas, by the way. Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's another uh, movie called before I go to sleep. Uh, who was that? I think that was Cody. He's buzzing over you there. You know what? I have it on whatever. Uh, and <laughs> we're supposed to see, uh, Nightcrawler comes out, which I really want to see. I don't know how we're going to do that, but. Yeah, I haven't heard of anything. So. I, I really want to see Nightcrawler. I'm really itching to see Birdman, and we had a screening this past week that didn't, didn't, didn't go so well. It went well for me. Well, yeah. Free popcorn, free drinks. <laughs> you didn't have movie. to go to work. Yeah, that's true. Some of us did. Well, I guess we'll tell that story next week. We went to eat fish instead. Yeah. Oh yeah, we went to Libby's. Oh, thanks Libby. for the invite. You were watching the fucking movie. No, I was sitting there for. I could have like gone and came back probably. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, not the way we eat Libby's. That's yeah. for sure. There's all the tartar sauce. <laughs> we ate so much tartar sauce. <laughs> it was a healthy meal all around. We were like, let's be good and not get pie. Yeah, that was like the big deal. Was the fish fried? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You so, know, come on. Fried in lots of tartar sauce. And I had macaroni, cheese, and mashed potatoes. Your, yours was yams. And mashed potatoes. Oh, the yams were your excuse to not get some pie, right? Right. It's sweet enough. I don't need to. So I was just pretending it was pumpkin pie as I was eating them. Because it has fucking marshmallows on it, dude. <laughs> it has marshmallows and... Uh... <laughs> we were the youngest guys there, I think, too. Right? <laughs> That's yeah. typically your Luby's experience. Yeah. I mean, it's... Is Luby's a regional thing? It's a Texas thing, yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's around other places, too. I don't know. It's famously r- rendered as Luli's in um, King of the Hill. Oh. And uh, and then there's Lou Ann Platter yeah, uh, as a character. Brittany Murphy's character is Lou Ann Platter. I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. That's her name. Is That's Lou her Ann name. Platter. Lou Ann Platter. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because Mike Judge is... Is Mike Judge from Austin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... <laughs> They show and Waterburgers in the show. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen enough. I love. I love too. There's. I love these Texas shows that do that because, like in Friday Night Lights, there's a very there's Alamo Freeze, which is Dairy Queen. Well, yeah, and well the and the one of the burger joints in there was uh, Easy's, but yeah. Easy's is actually in the show, right? I think it's actually shown. Uh, I don't think so, but they were definitely in they an were H- at an Easy's. Yeah, but they were definitely at an H E B. Yes. Um, God, I love that show so much. It's great. It just makes me so mad that 23 Blast sucked because mm. so much. Go watch Friday Night Lights, Kiko. It wasn't Texas. Show. It wasn't Texas football though. Friday Night Lights. I mean, um, 23 Blast. Yeah, it was Kentucky football. But... Kentucky Fried Football. <laughs> am I right or am I right? It's right. This has been a very weird show. <laughs> go watch Friday. That's my recommendation this week. Is go watch Friday Night Lights, the TV series. Uh. It connects to all the kind of stuff that we're talking about because Adrian Pilecki was in it, who was in mm-hmm. uh, 
John, John Wick. Wick. It's about high school football, which mm-hmm. is what 23 Blast was about. Uh, it's created by Peter Berg, who directed Battleship, which is a board game movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else? Can we find a Ouija connection? Oh, here? Uh, there's, a, there's a breaking. We talked about Breaking Bad a little bit. Yeah, because uh, Jesse Plemons is in. Jesse it. Plemons is in. If, by the way, if you've if you've only seen Breaking Bad and haven't seen Friday Night Lights, and you see Jesse Plemons, you're gonna wonder what the hell is going on because it could not be two further characters from from Todd from Breaking Bad. He and, does kill a guy in, in Friday Night Lights. He, he does. That is true. That is true. And I love this. The um, I love the connections that people were making once we saw him on Breaking Bad and like, oh no, uh, Landry had to kill again. <laughs> My favorite is uh, is when is that uh, Kyle Chandler's character calls him Lance. Coach, yeah, calls him Lance forever. <laughs> God, it's such a good show, Kiko. I- I'm behind. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix, and Kyle Chandler is just so good. Kyle Chandler and Connie Britton are so great. I love how the show eventually just becomes about them in the later seasons, like. Yes, it's about the football team, but they move on to become. I mean, I guess Kyle Chandler is always the main character in it, but it focuses more on their relationship. And I love that he's end. like always a hard ass to mm-hmm. the kids. Like he's never like the nice. Well, I guess he is nice, but he's never like lets down the veneer. Of, I know. think that like Kyle Chandler's portrayal of a coach is the best sports coach portrayal in any movie or TV series I've ever seen. I agree. I totally agree. Even though I liked, I, I liked Stephen Lang and. 23 blast well enough did you uh the coach yeah yeah he's good yeah watch friday night lights for this movie podcast (laughs) not the film watch the tv show uh if you want to get a hold of us you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net call us 920 film 210 you forgot to play the call oh i can do that we got a call last week a voicemail keep stalling you can call us the number is 920 film 210 that's 920-3456-210. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, please. Those are always welcome. You, you ready? You yeah. got it? The, the voicemail? We got a voicemail. I promise. I just want to say that your podcast is the best ever. <laughs> Short and sweet to the point. Wow takes a lot of effort to leave a voicemail and i appreciate that <laughs> i read an article on npr uh this website the other day that that millennials don't like voicemail do you ever you you're the most millennial here Cody. yeah uh i leave voicemails for um for like like work purposes mm-hmm. and then occasionally for family and that's it my dad used to leave me voicemails he's gotten better at it that would just say, Jared, call dad. Jared, call dad. Like, yes, I know you called. Like, right. I see it. You called. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like people say, hey, this is so-and-so. It's like, yeah, I know. I can I can see that. I mean, I leave voicemails at work all the time, like telling them to call me back. But I at least tell them what it's regarding. You right. Know? Anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> God. What a great show this week, guys. Yeah. Uh, this has been the, the technology slash TV slash board game. I like. I think we've covered every form of like entertainment except for movies, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Uh, on that note, I'm Jerry Kingery. I'm Cody Villavagna. And I'm Kiko Martinez. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.